0: Thank you for listening to a Sunday morning sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these sermons, or about Christ Church in general, visit us online
1: at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's sermon. Good morning, church. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 69. We're going to be looking at a section of the 69th Psalm here in just a moment. Uh, if you're visiting Christ Church, my name's Mark. We're glad you're with us. Uh, I have the privilege of being one of the ministers here at the church. And uh, today we are having a celebration. But I want you to know my heart uh, from the very beginning about this, everyone who's in attendance today. I don't want this morning to appear as some self-promotional tour. I really want it to be about the concept of being gr- grateful for what God's allowed us to be a part of. So when we celebrate today, please know that our heart is to say thank you to God for what he's been able to do through the sacrifices you've made and others that are no longer with us have made because they've made a big, big difference. Today, we just want to realize the goodness of God. So the theme of the morning is, I'll magnify God with thanksgiving. And that is taken right from Psalm 69, verse 30 through 32. I will praise God's name in song and magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hoofs, The poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts live. May our hearts live today because of the goodness that God has brought about. David, when he wrote the 51st Psalm, we talked about that two or three weeks ago in our series on gratitude. In the 51st Psalm, David says, you don't desire bulls as an offering. You desire a contrite heart. That it's the person giving the gift that makes the difference to how God receives it. In Psalm 40, verse 16... It says, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, the Lord be exalted. The word exalted, the word glorify, is very common to our word magnify. So today I want to talk to you about magnification. It's going to sound a little bit like a science lesson, but hold on. And then there's going to be a history lesson in the middle of it, but hold on. At the end of it, it ends up being about God eventually. So let me walk you through magnification. Magnification. In verse 32, he says, I will magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. The word magnify has a couple of different definitions. And when I looked them up, they're significant. There's two ways to magnify some, something. There's microscopic magnification. Okay? This is when you take something very, very tiny and you magnify it under lights and under lenses so that you can see it. It's like when we were a kid. I don't know if you did this. In Indiana, we may have been weird, but they gave you a tongue depressor, and they would put it on your tongue, and you'd wipe off some spit. You'd put it on a couple pieces of glass. You'd seal it under a microscope, and you would look, and the teacher would always say something like, this is why we brush our teeth. And you would see these little microbes in your mouth expanded, microscopically magnified. And you could see these tiny little things your eye couldn't pick up But when they were magnified, you could sense their presence. And then there's telescopic magnification. And this is when you take something that appears very small, but in actuality is very large. And this is what we do when we take telescopes and we look into the heavens and we see these major stars and planets. And we begin to realize that from here, they look very, very tiny. But actually, when we put a telescope on them, their dimension, their proportion is well-known. So that's a science lesson. What does David mean when he says to magnify God? Take something tiny and see it? Or take something large and understand how proportionate it is? So here's your history lesson. I learned something. (laughs) Excuse me, it made my tail wag because I found it when I was reading through some of the articles on my feeder. And it talked about how our maps are messed up. I don't know if you have a world map. Some of you have them hanging in your office or in your home. It's a big, flat uh, depiction of the entire world. But there's a problem when they make maps. Taking something round and demonstrating it proportionally on something flat is very, very difficult to do. And so research went into it. In the 1560s, the map that most of us have as a world map, the ones we studied in school, were actually from a European-centric uh, proposal. It, It had a bias to it. It wanted Europe to be equal to the rest of the world, so the map is disproportionate. So in 1974, there were a group of people concerned about it. You may have been one of them. I'm sure you spent sleepless nights wondering if your map is accurate. But in 1974, a group got together and decided they wanted to produce a map that was proportionate in actuality to the the land base of the world. And they wanted to change the mindset that's existed from the European-centric to the world-centric. And so they created this map. And you may ask yourself, okay, what does this have to do with God? Let me explain it this way. Let me show you. Here's a picture of the continent of Africa proportionate to the rest of the world. It looks like me. (laughs) Let me show you that if you draw Africa out to its actual size, you can put within it the United States, Spain, Belgium, France, Germany, Italy, Switzerland, Eastern Europe, India, China, Japan, and all of the United Kingdoms. That's how big Africa is. Let me ask you a question. Does your map look like that? My map doesn't. My map makes Africa look no bigger than India or China. You see, when you understand how something is in direct proportion, it's magnified. And that is a telescopic magnification of the landmass of Africa compared to what we've always thought it was. So now there's your history lesson. Let's go back to our theology. When David says we are to magnify God, does he mean we're to make a small God look big? Or is he telling us we need to make a big God look massive? We know what it is, isn't it? It's not magnifying some tiny little God because the world accuses us of this. They say that we Christians take God through prayer and all of these other instruments and we try to make God out to be a big superhero and it just masks our insecurities. And I'm here to tell you, no, we are telescopically magnifying God. We're showing them how amazing he is and how much bigger he is than any of us even thought. That's what it means to magnify the Lord. That's why David says, come magnify God with me. You see, since July, we've been looking at a series of magnifications of God. This summer, we talked about what is faith. It's believing that God is good and he keeps all of his promises. And we demonstrated through the stories of the Old Testament how God reveals himself to us if we will live by faith. And then in September and October, we talked about why church. What is God trying to do in the world? This almighty God, what is he doing through a group of people who live by faith? And then last month we talked about what we have to be grateful for when we totally understand who God is and we get a glimpse of what he does for us. So today I want to celebrate. I want us to remember though, it's not easy to remember God. It's not easy to grasp the proportion of God in the world. Listen to Romans chapter 1 verses 20 and 21. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So men are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not glorify, exalt, or magnify him as God or give him thanks. Paul tells us in the book of Romans that it's easy for us to remember that God is big, and then it's easy for us to forget how big he is. So let me. this is a real question. It's not a preacher question. It's not a rhetorical question. It's a real question. Have you ever had a moment in your life where God was so close, you were blown away by how massive and powerful and immense he was, and then within a two-week period of time, it's easy to wonder if there is a God at all? Church, is that where we're at? And we're believers, right? And it's hard for us to remember how big God is, because all of a sudden, an unemployment brings out, and we wonder, does God care? Or illness comes, and we wonder, is there a God? Or... Crime breaks out in the world, and there's evil exposed all over, and we wonder, if there is a God, why isn't he doing anything? And we can easily forget his goodness. Psalm 103 challenges us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So the challenge for us today to magnify God is to see how truly big he is and remember that. And celebrate that and communicate that. Not taking a tiny little image of a God that the world believes in and trying to get them to see how small he is, but to show him all the immense power and not forget how strong and mighty he is. So what is the challenge to us? The challenge is it's easy for us in our selfishness to wonder if God's big enough for us, if God's going to take care of us, if God's going to do what we wish God would do. So how do we overcome that tendency to forget And remember well. So how do we do this best? That's our challenge. How do we do this best? How do we magnify God best? It's found in the 30th verse of the 69th Psalm. It says, I will magnify God with thanksgiving. Gratitude. That's what we've been talking about since the beginning of July all the way to today. Who is God and who am I? And how thankful I am to have a God who cares about something as insignificant as me. That's what I give thanksgiving for. Gratitude glorifies God. But the issue is, and one scholar said this, and I agree with him all along, at the root of our ingratitude is the love of our own greatness. I want us to think about that. At the root of all of our ingratitude is the love of our own greatness. To magnify God means to demagnify myself. To magnify God means to admit I'm a sinner who's not only made poor choices, I've made sinful choices. To magnify God needs to admit that I can't save myself, I've wrecked myself, and if God doesn't come and provide a sacrifice for me, I will die in my sins and forever be away from my Father. But when I can admit those things, God is magnified, not diminished. And when I can admit those things, I come to life, not death. And therein lies the issue of magnification. Do we care enough about who he is to let the world know who he is? In verse 31 of the 69th Psalm, David writes, this will please the Lord more than an ox and more than a bull with its horns and hoofs." Now, you can read this a couple of ways. You can look back at the Old Testament and say, yeah, those sacrifices were ridiculous. No, they weren't, because what God was asking for them to do was trust him, and by giving up their best bull, the best lamb, to give up the best that they had was a sacrifice that said to God, here we go. I'm gonna trust that I will give you my best and I won't miss it. And many of us, through the return challenge, have realized that you can give God your best, and at the end of the day, you won't miss it at all. Because God is more than your best, isn't he? And that's what we do when we magnify God with thanksgiving. You see, and one of the reasons that David said that God doesn't aspire just for bulls and lambs and so forth is because we sometimes think that God needs our help, don't we? Well, I've got to give this money to the church because God doesn't have enough money, really. Or i got to give this bull to God because he needs a bull. No. Look at Psalm 50. Every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. God didn't need our chickens, our lambs, and our bulls. He needed us. He wants us to trust him. This is what faith is about. Stepping out and saying, I believe that I could give away everything I think I need, and God will supply all that I need. It's a choice. We can make it about what we're doing, or we can remember all that he's done. Psalm 50, verse 23, he who brings thanksgiving as his sacrifice honors me. Psalm 51, David wrote, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And then Psalm 69, verse 32, the end of our text for today says simply, the poor will see and be glad. Notice that those who do not have will receive from those who do. And you who seek God May your hearts live. So for those of you that have not been a part of Christ's church for a long time, or at least over the last two years, and you've just been introduced to this church family, we're glad you're a part of us. In fact, I want to tell you that when I speak about those who have sacrificed, if you financially support this ministry, and during our offering time or online or however you do it, if you give gifts to this ministry, you're a part of our conversation today. This is not just an elite few who have written big checks. This is about everybody who contributes. All of us bringing what we've said in our hearts to give to God and presenting it to Him. You've helped us do these things. But we don't want to forget the benefits of trusting God. So, we introduced this concept to our church in a varied way beginning in August of 2013. And it officially began in December of 2013. And this campaign we called Return... We'll go all the way through the end of this month. At the end of this month, we will then calculate how well we did with what we promised to do. And then we will be able to to see how God moved through us. But if you weren't here, there were doors set up on this stage, propped up on this stage. And our challenge was there were six things that we thought we as a church needed to partner in. We needed to do something about these. These doors were six opportunities for us to walk through these doors. And everyone who participated in the return was given a key that just reminded us that there are doors that God's given us the ability to unlock if we will step through those by faith. And I want to tell you what those were, and I want to tell you what God did with us over the last two years. And I I hope you'll celebrate with us today and forget not his benefits. First thing we wanted to do, it came to us about a year before we revealed it to the congregation, was we felt like as this church had begun to have attendance figures over 3,000 on a Sunday here in Nowhere, Missouri, we began to think we could hoard all these wonderful people and celebrate how big we were, or we could actually be a church and start sending people out. So we started looking for locations where large groups of people were driving a distance to come to be a part of this church. We looked at places in Kansas and Oklahoma. We looked around saying, where are we supposed to go? And then it dawned on us one day, in a conversation I had with a friend of mine here at the church, that we had well over 100 families that were driving out here to the farm from south of 7th Street in Joplin. We had a church in Joplin. They just didn't have a location. So we decided, let's think about doing something in South Joplin, planning a church, and we had visions of what it would be, but God had greater visions, and it was amazing. So on April 7th, 2014, 20 months ago, Hope City Church launched its first Sunday. I got awesome news to tell you. It has been operating on its own under the auspices of this eldership for a number of months, but they are pretty much autonomous. In fact, on January 1st, they will be their own entity led by their own eldership and supported by themselves completely. And since, you bet. And the good news is we thought it would take about 36 months for that to happen. 20 months later, God's laughing, going, let me drive. But since September of this fall through last Sunday, they're averaging 569 people a week down at Hope City. And I'd like to show you a picture of their staff. Uh, On this picture of their team are uh, five that are on staff, and then four of these young people... Uh, On the far right and then the first three from the right end, those are all interns from Ozark Christian College. And they carry one of the core values we carry here, which is we want to train up a generation to do ministry after we're gone. And they're using these interns to give them real-life experience in ministry as they train at Ozark. And uh, it's amazing what God's doing. And some powerful things have happened. There have been 40 baptisms in the last 20 months down at Hope City. So God is bringing new life. He's bringing people that had been disaffected from the church and now are coming back in. And we sent about 220 people down to Hope City to help launch it. But I'll tell you, of that 570-some people that are coming on an average every week, I'm going to estimate that well over 500 of them had nothing to do with Christ Church of Oronogo. God provided a safe place for people who wanted to understand healthy church. And I'm grateful for it. In fact, I'd like to have Cody... Uh, the senior pastor who we hired to come plant this church with us, who has just been an amazing find and a blessing. He's got some words of encouragement he'd like to share.
0: Well, Thanks, Mark. Uh, You know how preachers work. I'm going to only take about the next 30 minutes or so to share with you an update. No, I'm just kidding. I I just want to take a couple minutes and let you know kind of what life has looked like for us uh, over the last year and a half and, uh, and just really have a chance to say thank you. We, we've really just been able to spend the last year trying to figure out who we are and, uh, A lot of that has been getting to know people and and new families as they have come in and really trying to figure out what the needs are and what this new church is going to look like. And uh, it's been crazy. We, We set up every Sunday morning real early and we tear everything down. And in the midst of all the chaos and trying to figure out who we are, what we've seen develop over this last year and a half is we've really seen this family come together. And so I I just want to give you a glimpse into uh, what God's doing. We're seeing uh, folks be uh, baptized and uh, really just give their life to Christ in a way that they've um, seen him transform and change everything about their family and who they are. We're seeing people get involved and connected to the church for the first time. We're seeing people come in and uh, not having any idea how church works, sit down and have an opportunity to get connected uh, for the first time to a church family. And so it's just been an incredible journey. And I wish I could uh, take these uh, snippets and just show you. I really do wish I could take uh, 30 minutes. But uh, I just need to tell you that what God is doing is absolutely amazing. And it's totally God. It's totally God using his people to build his church. So I, I want to say thank you. I, I really do. I want to say thank you for your investment, the time and the energy. I want to say thank you for the sacrifice, the sacrifices that volunteer teams here at Christ Church of Ogo made in sending uh, some of their folks down to help us begin this church. And I, I want to say thank you uh, to the to leadership, to the eldership. I want to say thank you uh, to Mark and the staff here at Christ Church. Without you guys, this, th- there's no way we would have been able to fulfill this, this dream that God had to place this church in South Joplin. And we believe God has great things just around the corner, and uh, we were able to announce just this last month that as a church, we were able to purchase property that we would be able to build a facility on and, and do ministry uh, throughout the week, have full access to that. And you can imagine what that means to, to our new church family. It's exciting. There's just a, a great excitement surrounding that. And so you need to know this. Without your commitment to the return, really none of this would have taken place. Uh, Your commitment, your faithfulness to what God had uh, for Hope City is why we're able to see
1: him work in the ways we're able to work. So I just want to say thank you. That was one of the doors that God laid on our heart, and you helped us open it. And uh, he blew that door wide open, and Hope City's even having conversations with us about when we go to plant another church in the future as we're doing research on where that might be, they want to partner with us. And I just think that's beautiful symmetry that the church we planted wants to help us plant another church. And so just God has, has been good. The other big piece, one of the big initiatives that we presented, the two major expenditures, would be a building a new building on our campus. I know we told you we wouldn't, but you didn't believe me, did you? And we needed a new building for 5th through 8th grade. That number was swelling. We didn't have space on our campus. There's no way we could have remodeled this facility effectively without diminishing children's ministry. So we asked you, would you help us do this? And you did. And here's some pictures of our student ministry center, which we call SMC East. And uh, it's full of hot, sweaty, violent, but loving children. And it's awesome. (laughs) And what I want to tell you is on Wednesday night, here's the evidence of God's blessing. In that building... From September through the end of this last month, uh, they're averaging over 271 middle school and junior high kids on Wednesday night alone. We did not have space for that now, or for then, we do now because of your sacrifices and God's blessing. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for that. We are so glad to have it. It's useful space and you helped it come about. The third door we talked about is we felt like it's really easy when you become bigger like we are to use that all about yourself and keep yourself going. But we wanted to do something outside of this building more and more and more. God's called us to be here temporarily as we head toward home and bring other people with us. So we wanted to increase our missional impact. And let me give you just really quick, I've got to do this briefly. And I can give you more information if you want it. So don't feel like you can't ask. You helped us do this. We want you to know. We decided to invest uh, a building down in Haiti with Haitian Christian Mission. I had an opportunity to go down there, and we saw an opportunity. If we're going to build ourselves a building, why not help another group have a building for their kids? This building is in use down in Haiti. It's an after-school center for middle school or junior high and high school age kids who have nowhere else to go but hang out on the street. They now go to the the center there. They help. They're learning to read and write, and uh, it's an amazing thing, and you helped that happen. We also are involved with Haitian Christian Mission on... uh, medical trips. I don't know if you know this, but I'm an international surgeon. I, I don't share that often because I'm humble, you know. And uh, But Dr. Brad Coy and Dr. Dave Baker took a trip down there, and they let me come along because they needed comic relief. And uh, uh, Brad let me help do a hernia surgery. And so if you need help with that, come see me afterwards. I've, I moonlight on occasion if you need me to. Uh, no guarantees, but it'll be fun. And... Uh, a group of our doctors and nurses go down to, to Haiti, and uh, in fact, uh, Dr. Coy's taken a group. He goes to our, our church here. He's taken a group down in January. You may have seen the advertisement in our bulletin looking for qualified, I mean, they're asking for those now, qualified medical people to go down and assist, and the amount of surgeries they do without the red tape and insurance and all the stuff that they're uh, conflicted by here, they get to go down and just do, I almost said kill it, they do amazing work down <laughs> in Haiti. I need to stay to my notes. Okay. Uh, We wanted to increase our partnership in church planning in India with CICM, Central India Christian Mission. And I know how many of us were moved when Dr. Lal was here uh, back in October, and he shared the vision of what's going on there. And uh, we get to help them plant churches. At $3,000 a preacher, they're planting new churches in places that don't know Jesus. And we wanted to help that. These are some one-time things that we've wanted to do. Uh, We joined with Black Box International. This is a group where... uh, Uh, Peter Buckland, one of our elders, is on the board and goes down and ministers down there. He goes down periodically. Black Box is an intentional ministry to take uh, people that have been sex trafficked and redeem them. Train them, heal them, counsel them, and help them. This is one of the greatest things we'll ever partner in in our time. And you're helping us do more with them than we ever could have done without your help. Uh, Bundles of Hope. You know this story about some of our students who had a vision from their own experience how to help children that are in foster care. What do they do those first moments when they're taken from one home to the other? And these students put together this idea. And let me tell you, God's blessing it because it is hitting all over. And we're going to share with you pretty soon that uh, God's brought some pretty big players to the table because people realize this need's done. You've helped us help them get it done. And we have some more things I could tell you about another day. God's not done giving us opportunities to change the world. You helped us do that. We also asked you to help with additional staff. As we've grown, we need more trainers, and we need more people helping us invest in our vision. And I just want to give you some mugshots of some people I get to work with, some great people I get to work with, and you helped us allow this to happen. Uh, We'll begin with Matt Gilchrist, who's our missional impact minister. He's helping us connect throughout the world with our current missionaries, as well as some of these opportunities. One of our visions is not to, to have to marry every missionary we encounter, but instead, how can we bless them right now while we develop relationships? And Matt is choreographing that, and he's doing an excellent job. Very excited to have him join us. Uh, Becca Binky, one of our own, uh, leads our special needs ministry so that uh, parents who have special needs students can come to church and realize their kids aren't just going to be kept in a classroom by themselves. They're going to have trained buddies who love them and serve them. And you saw a video a few weeks ago that shared the vision uh, for that. Zach Miner joined us. He had interned with us from Pitt State in graphic design, and he's now our design director. And he helps us in communication and some of the things you see going out regularly. He's been a great asset to our team Uh, Sherry Everett joined us as Community Impact Ministry Assistant when Maggie decided to go and have that child, which is awesome. Uh, She's a mom, too, so she's going to work part-time. We did not want our Community Impact Ministry to go down because of the hours available, so we asked Sherry to join us. Sherry is qualified, has a degree in social work, and because of this, she's been a great asset in helping us expand more and more as Matt, Sherry, and Maggie all work together to try to make a difference in the community. There's a question that was asked one time, And it's been around for a lot of years, but it's important. If Christ Church of Oronogo closed, would anybody but the people who attend here miss it? And our response is, we want to be missed if we close. Because Jesus won't be making an impact in the community like we want to make an impact. So we want to be here. And Jesus wants us to be here, and so our investment is there. Heather Shipley joined our team as a student ministry assistant. As, as you can tell, the numbers in junior high through high school are increasing. A number of students are coming out here, and we're going to be providing opportunities to do international missions trips as well as domestic missions trips. There's just need uh, to pull these guys together with more organization. Heather's very gifted in that, and she's been a great asset. Uh, this guy named Michael DeFazio shows up every now and then, and we added him as our teaching pastor, and and uh, we're glad, truly, I'm grateful to have Mike's collaboration in series and design his teaching on Wednesday nights. I've noticed more of you come out for him. I'm trying not to be jealous, but I get it. I get it. And he's teaching on Wednesday night, but we're so grateful that he, we can not only have him at Ozark training future uh, people in ministry, but he's also using his gifts in the local church regularly, and so grateful for that. And Sue Krasan, who's been with us, she's celebrating 15 years on our team. She served for those first 14 in children's ministry, and this last year, in fact, this last fall, uh, created a position for Sue and her administration and organization gifts to be our, communicate, our our connections director. So if you're new here and you want to know, how do I get involved, go back to the information table and ask for Sue. She's the first step for you to find out where do you want to serve, uh, what's your background, how can we help you become plugged in and make Christ Church your church. And so we're very excited that we did this. A few of these other doors, I have to, the clock says I'm done, but I'm going to keep going. We asked you to help us fix some things around our campus that needed fixed. With the amount of traffic we out here have every Sunday and Wednesday, uh, we just needed to grow up a little bit in our facilities, and we're very grateful to add some people to that, as well as here's a few things we were able to do. Uh, We turned the South End Chapel uh, into an office complex, and on behalf of the staff, thank you. It's nice to actually work in the same quadrant of the building that the people I work with every day are in. It's just built better morale and collaboration, and we're, we're indebted to you for allowing us to do that. Uh, we've increased some of the driveways around here. Uh, you know, I've often affectionately referred to this place as uh, Orinogo Sam's Club, because it looks like one. And because we, But we want to make sure that when you come in and out of this property, you can come out safely, and we've provided access. And I, I don't know if you ever notice it, but if you look out those windows when you walk out to see the kids, it looks like the brochure of a college campus, and I love it. The kids walk safely. They don't have to go through traffic. There's uh, crossings. All of these small things that you don't think about bothered us, and you helped us get them done. Uh, we have signage around the campus, both outside and in. Uh, to let people know who we are, that we're not a Sam's Club, that we're a church. And uh, they see it when the traffic's coming out here, but inside the building there are signs, and we're indebted that we were able to get those taken care of and done very, very well. And the last thing, and this was something I talked to many of you about when we started this campaign, security's a huge issue in a world that's getting darker every day, isn't it? You helped us put security cameras in all of our children's areas. There's not a hallway or a classroom in this building where children are at, that there's not a recording going on of what's taking place so we can guarantee above, above reproach that your children are safe. Thank you for letting us do that. That's very important in today's world. And on behalf of the parents, we say thank you, right? That we know our kids are safe. The last, thing we, the last door we asked to open was debt. We want to be a church that's debt-free. We're not currently. We pay more than we need to. Our, our debt is manageable. We did not go into debt for any of these thank you. But through the end of the month, as those of us fulfill our return campaigns, which is about 25-month duration, at the end of this month, all the money that comes into this return campaign, anything over and above that amount we set, we told you about, is all going to go to debt elimination right away. And we would be blessed to be debt-free so that every dollar that comes in and out of here every Sunday can be sent out immediately into the world to make a difference. I've asked some friends of mine to share what they learned as they went through this process, the challenge of giving more than you've ever given to open these doors in front of us. Let's take a look at their testimony.
2: Hello, my name is Peter Buckland. I'm one of the elders at Christ Church of Ornogo. I'm here today with my friends, Tim and Kathy Whelan, who have participated in the Return Challenge. And we are going to talk some about their experience and some of the things that they have learned as they have followed God on this two-year journey. I'd like to start by first asking you, uh, what were some of the things that came to your mind when you first heard about the Return Challenge? I think that the first evening that we attended, and I saw all the doors, and I thought that was inter- <clears throat> interesting and wondering what did that mean? You know, what were mm. they going to do with that? And then at the end of the evening, when they gave the keys out, mm. and Mark said, you know, this key is symbolic, it's like it's opening what doors can be opened through this challenge and uh, that has just stuck with me throughout the whole year you know uh-huh. the two years that uh, and I have a key that I when I look at it, it still reminds me mm. you know what doors is God wanting to open I
0: think also it's the specific elements of, of the uh, uh, of the return challenge you know those mm-hmm. like this building that we're sitting in today uh, you know the, the physical elements as well as then the involvement with others, you know, the ministry support and those things.
2: What were some of the initial concerns that you had as you were looking at this?
0: Some of the initial concerns that we had in, in looking at the return challenge, really the first was uh, not giving enough, mm-hmm. and the second was giving too much. I think that challenge was wanting to make sure
2: that we took the next step. What are some observations or things that you could look back and say, Here's what God has done as a result of us stepping out and reaching
0: for that next step. One of the things I learned is just a continuation of the lesson of, you know, I mean, God is good, right? Uh, It's it's joyful to give.
2: Along with the giving of money, it's the learning to give of ourselves more. And again, that open, that key reminder of, you know, so I can go into a day and say, okay, Lord, today, what what Mm -hmm. doors? Mm -hmm. want me to go through. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a great reminder to be giving of myself more. Well, as we come to a conclusion, um, I'd like for us to pray and to just celebrate this moment together and to thank God for all the work that he has done in us as a congregation that has allowed for us to be able to plant a church and build buildings and send money around the world and do all kinds of amazing things. So would you please join me in prayer? Um, as we thank God for what he has done. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we have, just as representatives of the church, Tim, Kathy, and I, to come before you and say thank you. Lord, we speak with a grateful heart on behalf of our congregation. and We know, Lord, that there are so many other stories that are like this and that there's so much personal growth and people whose hearts have been changed. And we know, Lord, that together we have been able to put our finances in a pot that has been able to affect people around the world. And we are so grateful that a church here in Orinoco, Missouri, could do something so amazing. And Lord, we are so pleased that your spirit and your word have motivated us and empowered us to accomplish some amazing things that we could not do on our own. So Tim, Kathy, and I, and our entire church, say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you for listening
0: to a Sunday morning sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these sermons or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.